You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Kind of back on the fan. While you were sleeping, we were talking about Anthony Rizzo back to the Yankees. Funny, the timing of it, right? A day after the report comes out that the Houston Astros' primary target is Anthony Rizzo, all of a sudden, hey, the Yankees and Anthony Rizzo have agreed on a two-year contract worth $40 million, a third-year option, and Rizzo will be back in pinstripes. Oh, and by the way, Rizzo... Apparently close with Aaron Judge. Wink, wink. Maybe this is the first move in trying to bring Aaron Judge back. It's like the Yankees are putting all the bait out there. Mm, The captaincy. Bring back Anthony Rizzo. We love Aaron Judge. And obviously, Hal Steinberg spoke yesterday at the owners' meetings and was gushing about Judge and talking about how he wanted Judge to be a Yankee for life and made that clear to Judge. Judge knows it. We want him to be here and... Money's not going to hold us back. All of a sudden, Hal starting to talk like the Yankee owner should be talking. And it was refreshing to hear for a change. Now, he's got to put his money where his mouth is. I still don't have 100% confidence that that's going to happen. I mean, I feel like Judge is going to come back. I'd be, I don't know if shocked is the right word. I'd be surprised watching Aaron Judge in a different uniform next year. However, I need to see the Yankees, you know, these new current bronze bomber Yankees, I need to see them go out there and do it. Go spend the big money, whether it's 350 375 whatever it takes to get Aaron Judge back. Giants said they will not be outbid. Huh, you're the Yankees. I laugh at that. We will never be outbid. But bringing Rizzo back, bringing Judge back, what exactly does that accomplish? Gets them back to square one, right? Right now, they're in the red? Yeah, they're in the red. Black Friday, positive Friday. They're in the red. That's with Rizzo back and assuming Judge is going to come back. Well, how are they going to get any better? And you get the feeling the Yankees just feel like, all right, well, we'll bring Ben Attendee back. Everybody's back together. Everybody's healthy. Cross your fingers. Knock on wood. Hope for health in 2023. 
and then go out there and try to win a World Series or at least get to one because they believe health was the big issue. Wrong. We'll see how that works out for them. But it's great that Rizzo's back. Be even better when they get Judge back. But they have to improve the team. How exactly are they going to do that? You know, we mentioned the Mets and the possibility of losing Jacob deGrom to the Rangers would lead the Mets to potentially pursuing Justin Verlander. So that was a topic of conversation as well. Got into the Knicks a little bit. You heard Marco mention it. Knicks actually get a win in Utah, and they play a a solid game. Shortened rotation, no Evan Fournier. He stinks anyway. I hope we never see him again. But no Fournier, no Quentin Grimes, and the Knicks, a decent performance, get themselves back to 500. Nets, what's the opposite of a decent performance? Oh, yeah, a crappy performance as the Nets get squashed 153-121 in Sacramento. I mean, how do you allow 153 points? That is just... Now, and Ben Simmons said, well, we can't do that. Unacceptable for coaches, players. Funny thing, it's coming from Ben Simmons. Oh, that's rich. Ben Simmons calling out the team is unacceptable? How many games you played again? Come on, bro. Come on. Not yet. You may want to speak like that one day. You can't do that yet. And how many times we got to see, and it's not just Ben Simmons, all the players and coaches, oh, this is unacceptable. Oh, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Yet they continue to accept it. It continues to happen. Oh, the ending of the season was unacceptable. Well, I mean, it's been like that since 2009. You've accepted it every year since. If it were really unacceptable, you would have made a change. Talking about how, what he said two days ago. Oh, the ending of the season, unacceptable. Unacceptable means something needs to be done. We can't keep accepting this. Not just, oh, yeah, it's unacceptable and say it. Going through the motion, yeah, it's unacceptable. And then the next night, go out there and allow 130 points. Yeah, it was just unacceptable. It's like people feel like that's the right word to say to get fans and media off their back. Yeah, it's unacceptable, that performance. It was really unacceptable. No, unacceptable means cannot be accepted as is. Has to change. You, you're out. What? What do you mean? Well, it's unacceptable. That's what I mean. What else did we discuss? Uh, Knicks, Nets, Jets, Giants a little bit too. Looking ahead to week 11 with the huge game. We'll do more of that, obviously, as the week goes on here. What is today? Wednesday? So, yeah, Thursday, Friday. Look ahead to the Jets and the Patriots, which is an enormous game. Really, the big thought is just it's exciting to have these big games to watch with these two teams who have given us nothing over the last several years. And now it's all about the Jets and the Giants. And then Daniel Jones, always a topic of conversation because I feel like Giants fans are very sensitive. I'm not sure what it is. Yesterday we had it with Brett in Long Island who called in the final segment uh, of the show. And he, he like many other Giants fans, I guess take it personally if I don't say the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl and blow everybody out. And Daniel Jones is better than Phil Simms, Jeff Hostetler, and Eli Manning combined. Which he might be. I mean... Why not, right? Put Daniel Jones in the Hall of Fame. Just get him some wide receivers and see what can happen. You know, make me want to pick on Daniel Jones. I mean, we're just giving you the facts. And the, yesterday was just saying that I think the Cowboys are better than the Giants. Oh, my God. Wow. How can anybody think the Cowboys are better than the Giants? I don't know. Maybe because the Cowboys beat them with their backup quarterback. Let's start there. Anyway, Giants have been tremendous this year. You hear that? 
Giants have been tremendous this year. Daniel Jones as well. But they still have a long way to go. You know, it'd be nice to actually see them win a division game. And they're going to have a lot of opportunities to do that starting with Thursday, Thanksgiving. And, and, you know, Thanksgiving Thursday, I should say, next week in Dallas. And let's hope the Giants can get by Detroit as another, you know, another less than opponent comes into town. Giants will be favored again. I think they're, what, three-point favorite in that game. At the moment, they got to take care of business. And then get that big game in Dallas on Thanksgiving. And that'll start four straight NFC East opponents. Jets, as we mentioned, this is the game for them. Not a playoff game. It's a pseudo-playoff game. Might as well be. They win. They're in first place in the AFC East. They'd also do something that they haven't done in eight years. Beat New England. Got to be able to beat the New England Patriots. Whether it's Sala, whether it's Wilson, just the Jets as a whole, this is the game. And if they lose it, it'll stick with them. And it does change the way you view them. Because you look at them and man, they just can't get over that hump against New England. Yeah, I know they beat Buffalo, but still, New England's been their kryptonite. I mean... A lot of things have been the Jets' kryptonite, but New England in particular, and especially this year, especially if New England beats them again. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Whatever you want to discuss on this Wednesday morning, Stewart is calling from Brooklyn as usual. Stewart, good morning. Yeah, so we brought Rizzo back. <clears throat> okay. What's step next? one. That's step one, right? Yeah, believe. Well, I'm not, like I said, he better bring back Judge. That's all I'm going to say. And they got to improve the team. And I said five years ago to Tony that the Yankees should get Justin Verlander. Uh, that, was, that was the beginning signs of what we've come to know as the, oh, poor Yankees. They don't want to spend. They don't want to, they don't want to honor George. They don't want to honor the past. They just want to go back their thing, what they're doing, and they think everything's going to be okay. It's not okay. And why did they do? Why I do. They... You know, I don't want to get too too into this here with Hal, right. but you bring up honoring George. It has always been odd to me the mindset of the son to go opposite of, of the father. Yeah, like I, I mean, you wonder what I would be. I'm still how, afraid. Would have been better than how. Well, I know. I unfortunately, I, more like George. Well, right. He had that mentality. I, yeah. if you put yourself in that spot, like I personally am still afraid to do anything that I think my father wouldn't want me doing, even though he's he no longer here. To. Yeah, well, that, but that's the point. So to. how could Hal sit there and not? do what he would think his father would... Like, just out of sheer respect for my father, whether you think it's the right move or not, I'd Go be like, you know it. what? Hey, I, you, it. you over there in the... You're fired! Why? What'd I do? My father would have fired somebody. I'm firing somebody. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. George did it how many times to Billy? Right or wrong? The Yankee. How the Yogi. Look what he did to Yogi. Now, and Yogi disappeared for 14 years. And Hal pointed out, Stuart, I don't know if you saw it, you know, he pointed out the shortcomings of his father where people used I to rip him for being... Everybody has shortcomings. Right. Well, he was, he was he was nuts at, at times and, you know, firing yeah, people. Well, and, well, who cares? 
he may look boy they on the not the back page of the Daily News and Post on the back then in nineteen seventy eight. Oh hell yeah, and everybody loved it. Oh, mm. that was a scream. Oh, the Bronx know is what was gonna happen the next day. Yeah. It was funny. And now stop with the tickets. Is your father uh, still with us, Stuart? No. No, I not. didn't think so, but Neither I just wanted to ask. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Now, if your father you know, had raised you a certain way and you knew something about him that he was one way definitively, you know, he's no longer here, wouldn't you want to carry on that tradition out of respect? Yeah, I would. I yeah. would, but I didn't go into what he did for a living. What did your father do? Sheet metal worker. Construction. Where? In the city? In the city and on Long Island, he belonged to Local 55, Sheet Metal Local 55 in Mineola. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. My yeah. dad, he worked he worked his butt off, and then he ended up with sciatic nerve in the back, amongst other ailments. All right. So let's say, though, you then followed in his footsteps, or I don't know, maybe there's not a good analogy here. But either way, I mean, if he told you, hey, Stuart, don't do 80 on the road, you got to be careful out there, would you do 80 on the road? If he told me not to. Yeah. He always told me not to. Yeah, and you still did it anyway, right? I've done more than that. Yeah, Way yeah. more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, let's just say this much. I used to drive. My father and my driver ed teacher taught me how to drive the normal way. And then I learned the rest from Richard Petty and Don Prudhoe. Richard, Richard Petty? Yeah. What do you mean? You drive around in the 43 car? No, but I drive around like a maniac like him. Well, I mean, that's obvious by some of the stuff that you told us not to revisit a sore subject, Stuart. No, no, let's say this much. Uh, and Don Prudhomme, you know who Don Prudhomme is? No. Richard National Petty, Hot yes. Rod Association. Oh, okay. How about, Shir- how about, how about Shirley Muldowney? I know her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Leah Pruitt and Brittany Force. No, now you're just naming people I have no idea if they're real or fake. Well, you know who John Force is? Uh, no. He's one of the leading, all-time leading yeah, in NASCAR. And okay, Al Albuquerque, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, look, I... I Where uh, were we? Let's get back on track. Yeah, let's get back on track to about how. How, how does it honor his father and the way sometimes he speaks? Come on, go home, Junior. Time to leave. <laughs> I want, I want Hank to, I wish no, Hank to die. Well, I mean, obviously, we, we wish that was the case for anybody who was passed on mm, too soon. Yes. But with Hal, he said the right things yesterday, finally. He's talking yeah, about, you know what, well, we're going to go out there and spend. Blah, 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 blah. You need to see it. All nonsense under the rug. Yeah, talky, talky, talky. Want some action. Yeah, that, well, he was trying. Look, he was talking to Meredith. And Meredith is going to convey his, his, his opinion. Did you watch that? You you watch that interview? I I think I don't. I I definitely. I understand what he's saying, but I don't believe him. No, but he's going to improve the team. He also said not just with Meredith, which I know was. I guess that aired on Monday. Yesterday at the owners' meetings, he spoke. I didn't was, see that. No, what did he say yeah, now? Well, he was saying that basically money's, money's not going to be a factor. Yeah, they, they're... Oh, money's not going to be... Oh, okay, so I'm going to hold... I'm going to hold them to the wall with the fire stick and say, show me. Right, exactly. Show me. And, that's what they, and Yankee fans are Share me that. the money. Hold it to fire. Share me the money. Have you ever seen Austin Powers? Uh, have you ever seen Jerry Maguire? Yeah, Show me the money. Well, right. But then Austin Powers spoofs that. Share me the money. That's Dr. Evil, actually. No, I, I didn't see that. Oh, you got to oh, watch. I, I, saw, 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 I, saw, I saw Tom Cruise and uh, Edwin Goody Jr. and Toby Cuba, Maguire. Cuba, Cuba Show Goody. me the money, baby. 
Who did? Oh, Cruz makes the cameo in that? Right. Yeah. No, he didn't make the cameo. In Austin Powers. No, yeah, yeah. In, in that movie. Fleegs yeah. and I, Fleegs was talking in my, ear, in my headset about Austin Powers, where Tom Cruise makes the cameo. Show me the money. That's Dr. <laughs> Evil, though, saying that. You got you to watch it, and thank you for the call, as always. You remember that scene, right, Fleegs? I don't remember which one I that was. Both was that? movies you're talking about, and of course, it's funny he brings up Tom Cruise because obviously you have the opening of, I think it's the Who Member, but me? where he plays the oh. cameo, and he is Austin Powers. So that was right. That was number three, Gold Member, which the was the last Beyonce, one. Yeah, I'm waiting for them to come out with another one desperately. Oh man, I love that. There was rumors on. I it read forever. somewhere that they recently asked Mike Myers about it. He said no. Yeah, it was. This was. There were rumors forever with that. I'm trying to think of the Dr. Evil one. Share me the money. I get them all mixed up. I have it on my well, list. Troyer passed away, so somebody else would have to play Mini-Me. Oh, that's right. I don't think we're getting that, that fourth movie. Yeah, I know. Well, the, the three were great. Man, I remember going to the movies in the theater and being so pumped up to see them. What great movies. What an escape. I have um, the Rocky Marathon on my list. I don't know why, what made me think of it, but I want to watch Rocky over again. All of them. I'll go Rocky through Rocky Balboa. Actually, I might even go through Creed. Well, that's what we talked about. This time you have to go through the two Creeds because you want to be ready for the third. Which comes out when again? It was sometime early next year. I, I definitely, forget. yeah, I want to go, man, geez, even doing that. I used to, anytime they're on, I love watching. Uh, I got to do the Rocky Marathon. I might do a um, an Austin Powers Marathon. Did we talk about this yesterday? How I watched The Wedding Singer recently. March 23rd it comes out. I watched The Wedding Singer over the weekend. Was that before or after you wore the outfit? Right before or right after? No, it was after. After. <laughs> I was in the mood to watch it. What a great movie that is. Man, it makes you feel good. I watched that when I was on a plane home from California a couple months ago when I saw the Mets out there. I watched that on the flight back. It's so great, especially if you're on a flight. It was one of those movies like, you know, I had some stuff on my iPad, but I'm scrolling through it. Ah, let me just see what they have because the screen in front of you is easier than looking down and just scrolling through. And at the end, The Wedding Singer, like, perfect. Don't need anything else. Here we go. That's kind of what I did on Saturday night, but it wasn't obviously on a flight or on the iPad. I, my wife falls asleep. We order this movie. There's this movie out with um, George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Uh, something in Paradise. I don't know. Anyway, it looked, you know, a little rom-com. I'm like, all right, whatever. We could Usually my wife wants to watch all these thrillers and psycho movies, and I'm like, I need... Some I'm like I'm on the verge of a mental Sal breakdown saying, here. I need a rom com. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. Please give me something here. I mean, I need to be able to smile. So of course, what happens? We order the movie. We you know we watch the trailer. We're into the movie. Twenty minutes in, my wife is dozing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I would have just went right to Rocky had I known you'd be out. You know how many movies I want to watch other than this movie? So, of course, I finished the movie on my own. It was a tearjerker. No, it was fine. It was good. But then she's asleep, and now I'm still up, and I'm looking over all the different options. I wanted to find American Pie. For whatever reason, I was like, oh, you know what? Let me watch American Pie. Naturally, of the 10,000 services I subscribe to, that is not on one of them. So I'm not paying four bucks to watch a movie that I know I have on DVD downstairs. So I just found another one, and The Wedding Singer happens to be on, I think it's HBO Max. So I was like, all right. And by the way, that's how a movie should be. An hour 40 max. It might even be less than that. 
Nice and easy. Oh, if Al's listening right now, he's agreeing with you because I think his max is like 90, 95 minutes. That's what they should be. A nice, easy comedy. A fun story, uplifting story. And then I went into 51st Dates and then I started to fall asleep. So anyway, I got Rocky on my list and now I want to watch Austin Powers and, and the trilogy. I'm all for going back. I know there's such a an oversaturation on new content with all these streaming services, it's overwhelming. I have OCD and anxiety as it is. I can't get overwhelmed when I'm trying to relax and watch something. Therefore, I'm going back. I'm going old school. Matter of fact, I may watch old school. That's you another know, one. You mentioned, obviously, The Wedding Singer and then 51st yeah. Dates. I know I told you yesterday about the uh, David Spade, Dana Carvey podcast and a the story there from Jim Downey about playing the guy in Billy Madison, mm-hmm. the, you know, Mr. Madison, what you just said, that whole speech. There was also an episode with Drew Barrymore, and she talks about, obviously, The Wedding Singer, but then how 50 First Dates came together and how it was her and Adam Sandler. This Again, this is one of the podcasts you should be listening to. I have to. All these stories for the movies and stuff you love, right up your alley. Is that an Odyssey podcast? Because I feel like I've heard it advertised on our radio. We have definitely run ads for yeah. it, especially when they launched it like last year. It, I got to listen to it. might be one of those companies, that different name, but it's all under the Odyssey umbrella. I'm not a big podcast guy, but I will. I, I've heard that one. I was like, oh, I got to check that out. I love Spade and Carby. And if Drew Barrymore is on there talking about that, you're right. That's well, in my wheelhouse. Most episodes, everybody just talks about how much they love Adam Sandler. Oh, yes. I'm all in on that. The Sandman and Mike Myers, too. All of those and guys. And Farley. All, there was a yeah. Mike Myers episode. They talk about how much they loved Farley and Sandler, just that whole, oh. all those guys, how they still get along. Yeah, what am I doing? I may download that now and listen to it on the way home. Uh, you know what, though? No, I'll hold that for after because I have to listen to the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, which, by the way, is coming up at 5 a.m. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Fan going on 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry, 877-337-6666. Kind of been all over the place today. Like we said, trying to keep it with the theme of the baseball offseason. Yankees, Anthony Rizzo, you know, Hal talking about how he's going to go out there and make sure that, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically they let Aaron Judge know that they want him to be a Yankee for life and that, you know, they're going to spend around him as well to build, uh, do whatever they can within their budget to to bring back Judge and make it like money's not going to be an issue. And, and then how also, and I guess this was from the Meredith interview the other night that aired on Yes on Monday night, I was talking about how they get accused of being stagnant, but they're not. They're ever-evolving. No, it's, that's, that is not the case. I mean, they're not ever-evolving. They've had the same guy running things forever. And it's they're, the results have been the same. Uh, win a division, win a wild card, get in the postseason, get bounced. First round, second round, wild card, ALCS. It's not ever evolving. 877-33. Something's got to change to evolve. They did change the team a little bit last year with putting an emphasis on defense. You give them credit for that. 
Where's the evolution coming now this year? I know it's early, but you look at their roster. What? It's going to be just about Peraza or Volpe? Anyway, 877-337-6666. Greg is in Elizabeth, New Jersey. What's up, Greg? Hey, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Greg. Yeah, I just uh, want to congratulate Buck uh, winning a match here at a year. Uh, one thing about the Mets last year that made it so good was you loved that they played smart baseball. You know, it was they, they played like Keith Hernandez baseball. I remember they, they were watching the Marlins. Good fundies. What's that? Good fundies, Keith Hernandez. Uh, absolutely. I remember them, you know, watching them against the Marlins. I'm thinking, you know, the teams are not that different, but they're like the Marlins minus the mistakes, you know? Well, I mean, look, the Mets weren't a perfect team by any stretch. The difference to me with Buck was that you knew the guys were going to play hard. You knew they were going to play the game the right way. You knew there wouldn't be any nonsense and all the clowning around that went on under the leadership of whether it's Mickey Calloway or Luis Rojas. There was a sense of professionalism once Buck took the job. And you know I wanted them more than anybody. Merry Buckmas! And, you know, it, it paid its dividends. Now, again, they disappointed in the postseason. They didn't get the job done to win a game in Atlanta to clinch that division. So it was a disappointing ending to an otherwise great year. But Buck Showalter, the professionalism, the stability, the X's and O's, it was just one area where you knew you didn't have to worry about what the Mets was the manager. Yeah, but they, they, looking back... I'm started thinking, did they overachieve last year? You look at that. Yes, 101 yeah, wins, I think absolutely, they did. Absolutely. And, and Greg, remember they did it too without DeGrom the majority of the year and with Max Scherzer being hurt as well. Yeah, and if you look, they overachieved and Philly underachieved. So unless we make some changes, uh, you know. Well, they're going to make changes. I mean, I don't, and look, they may be better next year, but they might not win 101 games. I mean, they could still build a better team. And they 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 were, they definitely overachieved, and they were very good, very consistent. And they were fortunate as well, to a certain extent, with a lot of different things. You know, Lindor basically playing a full season. Alonzo, same thing. You look at what those guys gave them. You know, they got good production from a lot of guys uh, on their club. They're, it's going to be hard to duplicate that again. Next year, which is why you always want to change at least a few things on a ball club going into a new season. Yeah, obviously I didn't like the way it ends, but I'm not one of these, uh, oh, that negates everything that happened before that. No, no, no way. No way. They still won 101 games. Yeah, but it didn't mean Here's the thing. When you look back at this season, what did the Mets win exactly? Did they win the division? No. Did they did they win a round in the playoffs? Did they win 101 games? I, but so what? Now it was a good ride. It was a, it was a fun season until the end. But what does that get you? Yeah, I don't I don't do that. You don't I hang don't a banner for that. No, I'm not saying I don't do that. Whole, oh, this negates everything that happened. I, I don't. No well, that, I mean that final weekend in Atlanta, and I get what you're saying, Greg. And thank you for the call. That final weekend in Atlanta, that did kind of negate everything that happened. Because all year long, it was a build to winning the division. The division was theirs. The NL East should have been over. It was theirs the whole year. And then Atlanta slowly came back. Mets pushed them back away. Atlanta slowly came back again. Mets distanced themselves a little bit again. And then finally, as the season 
shortened. The fewer games that remained, the closer the Braves got until ultimately they met head-to-head and Atlanta took care of that. That's a... That is as crushing as an end to a season as you can have. Especially when you factor in you know, making the playoffs. The only way it could have been worse is if that knocked them out of the playoffs completely, which it might as well. Because essentially, their entire plan got blown up. They were going to win that division, take advantage of the bye, rest their guys up, get ready to go against whoever would be there in that second round. Which would have been, you know, you don't know how it would have played out, but it wouldn't have been the top opponents. They were in the perfect spot to win that division. Obviously, the way that it played out exactly, if you you think it would have played that same way, it would have been Philadelphia. And who knows? I say this now, I mean, uh, I'd rather have lost to San Diego than Philadelphia. That would have been, imagine the Mets won the division, had the bye, and then got smoked like the Braves did by the Phillies. That would have been impossible to take. At least after the Mets got swept, you kind of felt like it was coming. And then they lose two out of three to San Diego, and it was a eh, terrible ending. But it would have been, people would have been angry had they lost to the Phillies. Understandably so. 877-337-6666. Jimmy is in Jersey City. What's up, Jimmy? Salvatore. How are you, buddy? Good morning, Jimmy. Hey, you didn't believe that call up about Ferris Bueller's day off uh, his excuse, did you? What did he say? The one who said uh, he had to do the valet parking lot for four days. Oh, what? Yeah, no, that that he didn't get a ticket for that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you leagues weren't born last night, right? Well, I mean, who knows? You write a letter. <laughs> letter could go a long way. I'd be worried about those. I'd be worried about them not ever getting the letter and still thinking that uh, that ticket is owed somewhere. But anyway. Anyway, hey, you want me to start with the Yankees or the Dolphins? Up to you. All right. With, with, with the, let's start the dog so we get out of the way. No yelling. Come on. I, I treat you like a brother. You know, we fight, we argue. You, 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 you yell at me, you uh, argue, I don't mind. It's all good. I'm still friends with my brother and my friends the next day. Just to want you to admit, right? Last nine months ago, I would believe, when Flores was fired, now you said the organization was the worst in football, that Steven uh, Ross was a disaster as a owner, that the Dolphins will never get a head coach to come down there or free agents that they were the worst-run organization in football, and that Tua was the worst. They're not going nowhere with Tua. And that's it. I just want you to admit that you were wrong, because now this year, nine months later, you've turned around. Now you're rooting for the Dolphins. No, I'm not rooting for the Dolphins. I think that the Dolphins are good. I don't remember but saying... As a, but as a man-to-man, I would man up with you. How you like you had some of your calls now, you'd say, Bob, admit yes or no. Sal, were you wrong? Well, I was wrong about Tua. I mean, I've admitted that several times. This is and what about what about the organization? Well, I, I'm not wrong about what I thought the organization did incorrect. I thought that they mishandled the Brian Flores situation terribly. I think Ross now, is, now, now, now with that. Well, hold, so, on, you see how hold, hold on, hold on. Do you want me to finish or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Ross is an inept, foolish owner who, by the way, did serve a penalty for but one. Not for that, but not for that, though. Go well, ahead. Well, I mean, but still, you're talking about you're asking me what I thought of the organization. I don't think Ross is a good owner. No, I don't. And I hated the way that they handled the Brian Flores situation. And now, now you're wrong that they weren't going to get a good coach, right? 
They well, got a good coach. I mean, well, well, can we see him finish out the year before we start putting Mike McDaniel in the Hall of Fame? Uh, you don't have to see. Come on. They, we, we, if Tua played all games, they'd be 10 and 0 right now. You know that, right? No, I don't. They'd be 10 and 0. Neither do you. No, I don't. They would have beat Minnesota. Anyway, and Jimmy, so, all right, so what is your point? I, I'm still trying to get to the point. Like, I've said a million times. <laughs> I've said a million. Did Jimmy hang up? What happened, Fleet? Did you let him go? I, oh, Jimmy, I did not hang up on you. We, you. I don't know if your phone got cut out or what, but I did not hang up on you. Your point is what? To get me to say that I was wrong on Tua, Tugavailoa? I told you, and not you, I, I'm not talking to just you when I do this show. I'm talking to whoever's listening, however many people that may be. I've said it consistently throughout the course of the year. Tua has proven not only me, but a lot of people wrong. He's been great. Matter of fact, I was the one saying he should be an MVP two weeks ago before it's now become, hey, Tua should be in the MVP conversation. So this is not, uh, like, I'm I'm not afraid to say that I was incorrect in regards to where Tua was at a year ago and where he's at now. He's proven himself. And I don't think you come on and say, well, the Dolphins would have been 10-0, you know that, with Tua. That's just... That's asinine. You sound like a fool when you say that. You don't know that. You're not Jimmy. I'm not Sal Shradamus, and you're not Jimmy, predictor of the future. You don't know that. And again, you, you keep doing the same thing, Jimmy. You make it like, oh, well, you were right because you said the Dolphins were good. Well, if you're so good at making predictions and you're right every time you open your mouth and say something, then how come you said the Yankees are going to win the World Series no problem? How come they got swept by the Astros? Explain that to me, fortune teller Jimmy. Talk about the team and their success. You're wasting time trying to get me to admit that I was wrong on something, which I've admitted a million times. What does that make you feel better? The organization was a mess. Steven Ross is not a good owner. A lot of teams can win despite the owner and his ineptitude. Mike McDaniel, so far through 10 games, has proven to be a good hire. Their offense has been unstoppable. Tua has been the difference maker there. And the combination of McDaniel and him has been great. I mean, I, like, I don't get it. And you're going to sleep better tonight now? Steve is calling from Long Island. What's up, Steve? Hey, Sal. Enjoy your show as always. Uh, with respect to uh, Jimmy, uh, you know, I, I've seen the Dolphins play this year. And uh, while Tua is a little bit better than I anticipated, he's not an all-pro. He His passing is uh, average at best. He has unbelievable wideouts. He underthrows, he overthrows, but he has Hill and he has Waddle. No, he's and accurate. They, he and Look, you can't knock Tua this year. I mean, you could talk about his weaknesses. He's been great this year. And as I, long I as he know. stays healthy. I mean, look, he's got to stay healthy the rest of the year, and we'll see where they finish up. But Tua and that offense have been nearly unstoppable. I, I don't consider him great. Again, his receivers. That's fine. I, I think his receivers are, are great. And I think they are making him look better than he is. I don't. Yeah, he's been he's been extremely accurate though, and that's on him. But you're right. I mean, he does have great weapons with Hill, with Waddle. They've been studs. 
he had and just uh, Gasicki's also uh, yeah, on to receiving tight end. But uh, anyway, I really want to talk about uh, the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, what? Yeah, what? I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, the I, Nets? i got to put my glass on. I thought that said Mets. Nets. No, no, what do you no, want to say no. about the Nets? No, no, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, oh. what, what What do you think is going to happen with uh, Kyrie Irving? Do you think he's going to come back and play for them again? Or do yes. Do you feel that you do think he'll play? Yes, probably at some point soon. It seems to be heading in that direction. I know a lot of players are upset that Kyrie Irving has not uh, been back with the team yet. And players just around the league. I saw Jalen Brown was one of them. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think he'll be back. I don't know when he'll be back at some point, probably soon. Do you think the bets, are, the, the Nets are a better team without Kyrie Irving? Or no, no, I don't. You think they're better? You think they're a better team with him? Well, I mean, I think his talent makes them better. So uh, I would, I personally like the Nets team prior to blowing it up and getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I, I'd rather watch. That team with Kenny Atkinson and Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, I'd rather watch them play than KD and Kyrie. But, I mean, it's hard to argue the talent that KD and Kyrie possess. So how could how could you say that they're a worse team with a player that's as talented as Kyrie Irving? I don't believe that that would be the case. Because, well, Kyrie, I, I agree. Kyrie, as an offensive talent, is, is elite. One of the greatest uh, offensive guards in the history of the game. No question about it. His attitude, his his. Yeah, well, defense. how was their defense tonight or last night? Not too good. And did Kyrie play? No, he didn't and they play. allowed how many points? Right, they allowed a lot of points. One hundred and fifty-three, to be exact. Right, but overall, I mean, there are going to be games like that. But you know, I look at this team, and I think with Kevin Durant, there shouldn't and, be games where you allow one hundred and fifty-three points. Like you could say yeah. there are going to be games where you lose. You shouldn't be able to. You shouldn't ever allow one hundred fifty-three. Okay, but it happens. I mean, even the greatest have had off days, off nights, and uh, defensive lapses. Mm-hmm. So I can't look at one game. But overall, it, it seems to me that the Nets, that Kyrie Irving, as great a player, offensive player as he is, that team is better without him. His teammates and the league, uh, the players in the league may be supporting him for whatever reason, but as a, as a teammate, they don't want him. They're better off without him. And I think the Nets... If I were the Nets, I would build that uh, team around Durant. You don't need to have any other superstar on that team. Get the right players who are going to bang on the boards, play defense. They would have been better off, Steve, and thank you for the call. And we said this yesterday. They would have been better off going and getting Durant and keeping everybody else intact. That's what they needed. They had the foundation. That's the hardest part. Build that foundation. They did it the hard way. They didn't have top draft picks. They built that foundation with drafting extremely well and developing and hard work from Kenny Atkinson and Marks. They had the solid foundation there. All they needed to do was lure the one superstar there and not blow the freaking thing up. But they did. They lured Durant there, who comes with Kyrie, and they blew the whole thing up. Obviously, they go to get Harden, and then that turned out to be a disaster, and now Ben Simmons. It, it, it's They had the foundation. They needed to just add the one superstar and not let the superstar come and dictate every move, whether it's the coach, whether it's the players, who he, who he could play with, who he wants out. That ruined everything. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. About 10 minutes or so from now, the warm-up show with Al and Jerry. Still raining out? I have no idea. I hate driving in the rain. Not my issue. It's everybody else. Eh, You don't want to be reckless in the rain, but it's like, oh, my God. Add at least an extra 10, potentially 15 minutes to whatever commute if it's raining out. What a horrible weather day. We had a great weekend, right? The weekend was good. Or did it get cold over the weekend? Last week, it felt great. I forget the exact uh, day that it was beautiful out and then all of a sudden this week it turns to it feels like november it's got that chill in the air which i don't mind for this time of year i like to change the seasons and feeling the fall weather or the you know that that crisp cool air the holiday feel but the rain on top of it yuck and especially driving in the rain although the one good thing it'll keep us under 30 miles an hour in those school zones 877 it's actually not even the school zones it's everywhere 877-337-6666 is the number to call, whatever you want to discuss. Yankees been a big topic, got into the Mets a little bit. Week 11 with the Jets, Giants, or just around the NFL. Knicks and their win in Utah. Nets getting embarrassed on the road in Sacramento, allowing a buck 53. Mitchell is calling from Fort Lee, New Jersey. What's up, Mitchell? What's up, Sal? First of all, uh, if you're asking about the rain, it's it's drizzling, not bad. The rain is slowing down, so... uh... You know, I, I agree with that. I hate driving in the rain, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's uh, hard number to two, see. You got people slowing down, the puddles, the traffic, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going back home on the Palisades. Now, one car going northbound for the last 20 minutes. I'm by myself, so it's, it's mm. actually pretty cool. So I'm happy there. <laughs> number two, Sal, I was just driving because I had to drop someone off at JFK, and I drive by City Field. you plan to bring the family or yourself to that winter wonderland that they're building up there now? I just saw it. Like they're building like a light show and everything else. So yeah, I, I actually am going to try to do that. My wife saw it, and I didn't know anything about it. It's a uh, holiday light show or something. I forget exactly yeah. what it's called, but it'll take place at City Field. 
And my wife was uh, interested in it. And then uh, I, I am going to try to go, actually, I think. I was going to try to go with Moose, actually. I haven't seen Melusis in a while, so we we're trying to get the families together and go check it out. We just have not confirmed a date. But uh, have you ever been to that before, Mitchell? No, I've never been there. I've always passed by, but it looks cool. So uh, yeah. that's something to do. And, Sal, if you ever have something to do and you don't want to go to the city, but you want to do something with the family on the weekend, starting uh, uh, December 9th until the 18th, in White Plains, are having like a, a Brian Park kind of festival. I'll be there for nine days. So if you ever want to stop over on the weekend, what is like it? 60 vendors. It's in White Plains. I'll get you the address. I'll text it to you. No, but what it's, is uh, it? Like, it's like it's like a Brian Park kind of festival. They got like uh, you know, like you know, when you go to Brian Park now. Oh, a festival. Like oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. So it's something to do. But Sal, I called about the Yankees. You know, it was great to see the Yankees did, like you said, number one. Number two, go get Judge. Number three, go get Ben and Terry. Then from there, like you just said, the Yankees have done, they haven't done much, you know, to add more parts to it. But the only parts you can really build on this team that's going to be left to put in position-wise is, is, in my opinion, it's going to be now one, maybe maybe three positions. You need to get a new third baseman. Yeah, but okay, they, they've already, which they've already said that they want Donaldson yeah, back. And, okay, by the way, between all the infielders, you know, somebody's going to have to play, whether it's Donaldson, and even if they got rid of Donaldson, what about Volpe? What about LeMayhew? You know, they got to find spots for these guys eventually. I know that. But Cabrera. So, like, yeah, listen, Sal. They're, they're, so, again. Because so I would assume, on- you'd have to assume Peraz is. Right now, I would assume Peraz is going to be the opening day shortstop. Rizzo yeah, at first. Let's say Judge in right, Bader in center, Benintendi in left field. I mean, is Glaber going to be at second? Is it going to be LeMayu? Is Donaldson going to be at third? Is it going to be IKF? Is it going to be one of the other, you know, Volpe or one of the other, you know, Cabrera? I mean, that's basically what you're looking at right now. I don't see where these significant changes coming unless they maybe trade Glaber Torres. And even then, what are they going to bring in back uh, instead of Glaber? I mean, the only, play, only position you want to build up more is the starting pitch on the bullpen because, like we just you just answered, there's not there's not a position available. Well, I don't maybe think they, I mean maybe they could upgrade catching, and I know that they got you know an all star season from Trevino, but he and, did peter off a little bit at the end of the year and defensively fine, but they could use they could use an upgrade there a catcher. Who is that guy? I don't know, but maybe they have something up their sleeves there. Yeah, but they got also they got what's his name? He's about a year away anyway. You got Wills in the in the minors that that he's a stud. They're just a, oh I, yeah. I do fantasy. Oh no, yeah, everybody's a stud. Everybody coming up from the minors is a stud. Yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, the Yankees where the Yankees can make the team stronger. So listen, if you want to say how spends the money, here would be here would be my suggestion. You ready for it? Mm. You might not agree with it, but I'm gonna here it goes. Give Belander a two-year contract and sign Rondon also, and that then you have a starting pitching staff that would be it would be amazing. That's where I would go. Yeah, but that's that's too much, Mitchell. And thank you for the call. We appreciate checking in. That's too much investment in the starting rotation. There is no need to have Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, and Luis Severino. You'd be paying significantly for Rodon and Verlander on top of paying. For Garrett Cole. Now, maybe one of those two would really shore up that rotation. That would be great. Not both. Either or. Either Verlander or Rodon. I don't have any faith that the Yankees are going to be able to go get one of those guys. Now, that would be a typical Yankee move. An old school Yankee move. Bring back Judge and then go out there and get. And, you know, bring back Judge and Benintendi and then go out there and get one of those top two arms in Rodon or Verlander. 
That would be a Yankees-like move. Julie is calling from Long Island. Good morning, Julie. Hey, how you doing, Nassau? Um, in terms of DeGrom, I think that DeGrom would be a great reliever if he wants to make like a career change in that respect because we all know he's fragile, but he can be just like, you know, Diaz coming in there in the ninth or eighth, ninth, and just, you know, striking out the side. What do you think? No, I think he's a starter. Mm. But he's so fragile, you know. He can, you know, nowadays he's going four innings, five innings. You yeah, know? I, well, I know he goes five or six innings. Well, two two things. Number one, the Mets already have a closer. Not that that means anything, because number two, even more so, Jacob Degrom is not going to be a reliever not anytime soon, and a team is going to pay roughly $40 million a year to have Jacob DeGrom start. Whether it's the Mets, whether it's the Rangers, whether it's somebody else, he is, in fact, a starter. I get what you're saying. We're not there. We're not even close to that point yet. Where De- Now, you want to talk about Noah Syndergaard and what he might be moving forward? He'd be a reliever because he's going three innings and he's not even effective. DeGrom still, even if he's not his typical dominant self, he still is one of the better starters in the game. Got you, Sal. All right, Sal. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you, Julia, too. I appreciate you checking in. We've heard this before with DeGrom about trying to make him a reliever. No, uh, he's he's a starting pitcher. That, that is that. And he's a guy that will, will likely never transition to the bullpen. He will probably start as often as he possibly can over the next four or five years, whatever it is, and that's it. And you wonder if DeGrom, let's say he does get four years that he wants, you wonder if it's going to be his last contract. Or is he going to try to stick it out? Is he going to go the way of Verlander or even Scherzer and pitch into his 40s? Either way, this next contract will be his biggest. And this is his last opportunity to cash in. And it's just a matter of if it's going to be with the team that Drafted him. The team that he won multiple Cy Young Awards with. The team that he's pitched in a World Series with. Or as he had it with New York. Well, Todd Zeal brought up a good point yesterday on Baseball Night in New York. 6 p.m. on SNY. Hosted by yours truly. Brought up a great point about what DeGrom could potentially be weighing right now. You know, Texas is a different lifestyle, more relaxed and calm and more space and just a different, totally different vibe than New York and all that comes with it. On top of the money, he could be debating winning. He knows winning in New York more special and more likely with the Mets than it is with the Rangers. These are all things that I'm sure DeGrom is weighing right now. And the Mets aren't necessarily waiting on him. They're getting ready, though, for plan B with looking into Verlander and some other options in the event that they lose them to the Texas Rangers. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Fleegs, as always, for all his help. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. We appreciate each and every one of you. See you again tomorrow at midnight. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. Sports Radio 1019 This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 